We come to you in the name of Jesus, praising you this morning, thanking you for life, for an abundant life in you, Lord. We thank you for eternal life. We thank you that your blood has ransomed us, my Lord, and you've given us freedom, power over sickness, power over disease, Father. That's what your word says, and it's validated, Father, by Christ in us. We believe your word. We stand in your word. Even when we can't see it, Father, even when we can't feel it, it does not change the black and white. It does not change a godly conscience that lives inside of us, Father. Nothing, I mean nothing, is judged in the natural. Though it looks so plain, Father, our walk is in the spirit. That's right, God. Completely. Hallelujah. Walk is in the spirit, Father. Nothing is judged by a fact. But biblical truth trumps facts, my Lord. It trumps it every single time. People will call us crazy for what we say. They'll call us crazy for what we confess. But we are crazy, Lord. We're crazy enough to believe all of your word. All of it, Father. Yes, Lord. All of it. All of it. It sounds crazy to believe that something could happen between now and January the 20th, Father. But we're just that crazy, my Lord. So we praise you. We give you glory. Thank you, Lord. We give you honor, Father. We don't exalt the man, but we exalt a righteous platform, my Lord. We exalt a righteous platform. Saints of God, be served, receive the memo. We are exalting a platform. If you can't see that, something is wrong with you. If you can't see that we're exalting a platform, either you're not born again or you're dull in knowledge. You're void of wisdom. You, your grandmother, your mother, and the pastor that used to come, they're dull or they're ignorant or void of understanding or not born again. 46% of the body of Christ supported a liberal platform. That is dangerous. Yes, We supported abortion. We supported same-sex marriage. We supported giving more money to Planned Parenthood, which kills 300,000 babies a year because we didn't like a personality. I don't like his personality either, but I like his platform. Amen. He takes up for us. Amen. He yes. defends the police department. Yes. Yes, he says some crazy things. I'll be the first to tell you that. Crazy things that he says. That I cannot agree with him as a Christian. I cannot and will not. And I will rebuke it. I will. Well, what's he said? Okay, I'm going to give you a fact. You can be seated. Terry, get ready, Terry. In a little bit. I'm going to give you facts. And I'm going to give you biblical truth. We're going to find out where you're at. Fact. I'm not going to give you an opinion. I'm going to give you a fact and we'll give you a truth. Fact. Our president has talked bad about Haiti. Terrible things. Terrible things about Haiti. They should not be said. And I completely rebuke those thoughts and that sentiment that he has. And that's not a rumor. He said it. He said terrible things about Mexicanos, about Mexicans. He said it. He said terrible things about NFL players and their moms. Terrible, ugly, disgusting. He has. He has. 
Do you agree with it? No, at all. I'll call him out on it. I call out what he said on it. It's wrong. It does not line up with this at all. At all. I have my opinions about Mr. Trump, but my opinion means nothing. So I'll just shut up. You can't say the things that you say. And the church say, hey, we can't esteem him completely as an angel, ladies and gentlemen. We got to say what's wrong, it's wrong. Some of you might agree with me, some of you don't. But you know what? Last time I preached, I had 20 minutes in me, I ran out of breath. Today, I'm not out of breath. So you're going to get it today. I was, <gasps> last time I could barely breathe. I can breathe. I'm five miles away on the treadmill again. I'm back. My lungs are filled with oxygen. They're filled. I'm on fire this morning. I'm on fire. Things have been said wrong. Amen, amen, and amen. What happened in the White House last Wednesday was disgusting. It was pathetic. An embarrassment to our democracy and our country. But there's a big but coming, though. A big but. I know he said wrong. I know he's done wrong. But at least he has the intestinal fortitude to stand up for little babies in the womb. At least he has the guts to defund plant parenthood. At least he has the guts to defend our law and order, our police officers, our military. At least he has the guts to defend Christianity. That supersedes all the wrong that he has said in my book, in my opinion, according to this. I agree with his platform. I don't agree with what he says. You know what? Agree with me or not? I'd vote for him again tomorrow, even in his ugliness. Because I will, I will spend the rest of my life in prison before I support a far-left liberal platform. Put me in prison. I want my kids, I don't want my grandkids to think that it's okay for a man to marry a man in public school. I don't want my kids taught that. I don't want that. Marriage between a female and a male. Abortion is wrong. It is wrong. That's his platform. I don't agree with what he says. Neither does our pastor. And I hope you as elders don't either. If you do, it's a crying shame. But we can agree with his platform. I don't know about you, but I want our border secure. What does a rapist look like? What does a pedophile look like? We have to secure our borders. Yes. There's hardworking people that want to come here. Yes, my dad farmed for years. Hardworking people from other countries. They work hard. Sweat. Want to make a living. But what does a pedophile look like? We have to contain and guard our borders. We have to. We have to support law enforcement. We won't have a nation. 320 million people. We can't defund the police. That's what will happen if we stand still and do nothing. Our schools from 
First grade on up will be filled with a liberal platform telling our kids that there's alternate lifestyles. No, no, no. There is no such thing as an alternate lifestyle. It's called sin. The world calls it alternate. The kingdom of God calls it sin. A man was made for a woman and a woman for a man. You better realize that, man. I am upset that 46% voted for a liberal platform. According to this book, that is wrong. If you see it different, then you are wrong. Well, Homer, it's over. It might be over in the natural. It's not over till January the 20th. You guys, you're all up on Trump. No, I'm all up on his platform. On his platform. I love little babies. 300,000 killed every year at the hands of Planned Parenthood. They've complained this year during the coronavirus because they lost millions of dollars due to not being able to perform abortions. Oh, God forbid. And the church supported that. The church is in trouble. Big time trouble. Fact. He has said wrong. Fact. I would tell him in his face that he's out of order. Truth. Biblical truth. He defends innocent lies. Thou shalt not kill the innocent. He supports our military. Romans 13, they're in place by God. He says, if a man doesn't work, a man doesn't eat. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I can go on and give you scripture. Get mad at me if you want to. I don't care what your mama said. I don't care what your daddy. I don't care what your culture says. I don't care what Hispanic culture says. I don't care what Caucasian culture says. I don't care what African-American culture says. It don't mean nothing to me. They have one culture, and that's Jesus' culture. Nothing else matters. Nothing. Nothing. We better wake up, man. We better wake up. We're going to confess God's word over the elections. Because I want a platform that is for little kids, little babies, to have a life to serve Jesus. You picture 320 million people without law and order. You picture that. You picture this country with our military slashed in half. We'll be speaking Chinese and Russian in 10 years because they'll take it over. Again, I reiterate disclaimer. I don't approve about a lot of what he has said. I do not. I have best friends that are Haitian. And they are not what he said Haiti was. They are not. They are not. I have plenty of black friends. Opinion. Now I'm speaking opinion and I'm done. In my opinion, there's been black, white, Haitian, Hispanic people that have died defending that flag. 
died defending that flag. To me, I got one child still playing sports as David. If I know that my son playing football is on the sideline with one knee on the ground, he's going to wear my crock on his butt for a long time. I can't see it, but I'll find him. So you get your butt up, you put your hand over your heart, and you honor the flag boy. Sorry, that's the way I am. That's my conviction. Millions of gallons of blood have been shed to defend that flag and my freedom to preach Jesus. We better wake up. We better wake up. 46% of the church supported a far, far left platform. Well, I don't see it like you see. Well, you better get born again then, man. You better get born again. Well, my mama don't believe like you believe. Well, she better get born again. Well, they don't preach that in my old church. Well, that church you're going to, the heathen church, it ain't preaching Jesus. I love you. Can I get a what, what? <laughs> Nernie, can I get a what, what? Have y'all seen that commercial? Yeah. You seen that commercial, Kirsten? Oh, Kirsten don't have cable. That's awesome. Can I get a what, what? You're not going to give me an amen. At least give me a what, what? Amen. I gave you facts. I gave you scripture and an opinion. You can't deny the facts that I mentioned to you. It was said. I heard it. I didn't assume. But his platform far outweighs what he has said. One more tidbit on this. I don't care if my uncle runs for president and he's Mexican. There was a Mexican that ran for president. The other side, a lot of Mexicans were all happy. Ooh, our first Mexican president. That's pro-choice? No, sir. I don't care if he is pecan, tan, or Brown pride. He ain't getting my vote. I could care less. I won't support somebody because they're my race. And you shouldn't support somebody because they're your race. You're wrong. Ooh, a Mexican's running for president out of Texas. Ooh, Homer, aren't you happy? No. Not at all. Was Mr. Trump my first choice? No. Dr. Ben Carson was my first choice. But he's there. I'm going to support his platform to the end. Whether you like it or not. Amen. Glory. Hey, I'm not out of breath yet. Remember last time? <sighs> but I'm back. My lungs are filled with it. Oxymogen. I feel comical this morning. We're going to have a good time. Real good time. Can I get a what, what? <laughs> I had to say that. I've been waiting a long time to say that. What about the one that says you don't have to have, what's that commercial? Uh, don't you know that, sh that shingles can be prevented? She said, shingles can be what? <laughs> I know that commercial. Y'all must not have cable. You don't have cable. 
Shingles can be prevented. Shingles can be what? Yeah, I, get, I, I can watch the same commercial a hundred times on my phone. Amen. Amen. Pastor Bronk is gone in pursuit of Bambi. And, but don't tell him I said that. He's in pursuit of Bambi in North Georgia and it's cold over there. Him and his dad. He just wants to pet him, that's all. But he took a rifle with him, so I don't want to say. I'm not one to gossip. He'll be back tonight, I believe. He'll be back tonight. I have something new for you today out of the book of James. We're going to get into it in a little bit. Brand new to me. It's new. I know Rex has gone through James, and James has been one of the hardest books for me to break. But I got a little bit further into it, and we're going to have a good time. But before we do that, we're going to come up, and we're going to do our um, confessions. It ain't over till the 20th, my friends. The Hebrews had Pharaoh and Egypt in the back and the Red Sea in the front. We all know what happened to the Red Sea. It was parted and they walked across on dry land. Because we serve an awesome God. Win or lose, we go to the end. Amen. Homer, you're an idiot? Maybe. Maybe not. I choose righteousness. I choose righteousness over entitlements. I choose righteousness over freebies. A man does not work. A man does not eat. Capable man. Capable. So my prayer is this, before we go into confessions, Terry's going to come up, is that my God would bring the counsel of the heathen to naught. Because great is the nation whose God is the Lord. Lord, bring the counsel of the heathen to naught. Bring it, Lord. Because great is the nation whose God is the Lord. <coughs> nope. No, sir. No symptoms. Nope. Not going to happen. <coughs> I'm going to finish. Amen. Amen, Mr. Ralph. Hallelujah. I see what they stop. <coughs> wax in, wax out. Breathe in, breathe out. I haven't talked this much in a while, and I talk rather loud. <coughs> Taylor told me it's harder to talk for an hour than it is to exercise, so that's my excuse. <coughs> that's Dr. Taylor in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Say hi to my friends in Tuscaloosa, to Bishop Ryan, uh, to Bishop Steve Averett, his mama, Paula Dean, and her two daughter-in-laws that cook very well, <coughs> and for Elder Ryan Averett, my homeboys. Homer, you're 53, you can't say homeboys. If Pastor Brown can say true dad, I can say homeboys. So my homeboys in Tuscaloosa, 
What's up? See y'all third week of February. <coughs> Amen. <coughs> Fresh air. Hallelujah. So Father, we bless you. We thank you. We praise you. I'm going to finish. Get <coughs> some water, baby. Some water, please. Huh? Ah, I finally took a cough drop for a cough. I, uh, I used to take cough drops for mints. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you, Holy Ghost. That you empower me. You empower me. And I say no right now. I say no right now in Jesus' name. I say no. And I thank you for your word, Father. I thank you for the saints of God that are here with ears to hear, with an open heart to walk into you as much as we can, Father. To be consumed by your word. To be consumed by your presence. Because so much is at stake, Father. So much is at stake. And I pray to God that every saint here will open up their eyes, my Lord. And their hearts. To understand biblical truth. Jesus name. We have to refocus guys. Refocus. Refocus. The thing about deception. Is that you don't know you're being deceived. I hear so much now about money. Amongst our millennials. This that. I want to be a millionaire. I want to do this and that. Where have all the discussions gone about Jesus and prayer and the word of God? Where have they gone? Somebody used to come to church three times a week. Then it was down to two. Now it's down to half of one. Where's the passion gone? Well, brother, we got kids now. My wife raised six kids in this church. Miss Gay raised five kids in this church. Pastor Dave once said, you'll do what you want to do the most. Used to be th there's three services here a week. Some of you went down to two. Then you went down to half because you're here late all the time. Deception has an origin and usually don't know when it started. We used to talk about the word of God. Revival, some of us did. Those conversations have ceased. That's why I get along with Terry and Kirsten so much. And we talk about the Bible. And I love it. I'm not mad at you. Where's your mind at? Are you back to serving mammon? Or are you pressing forward to follow Jesus? To be fishers of men. That's our focus. That's our calling. Don't amen revival if you're not following Jesus. That's a false humility. Amen, pastor, I'm all about revival. 
I ain't seen you in church in about a month, month and a half. Let me stop. <laughs> right here. <clears throat> 66 love books. Amen. <clears throat> Miss Terry, I've been coughing over this mic. I don't know if you want to use it or not, but. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We serve the living God, hallelujah. He is the God of the impossible. He's called us to stand, and having done all to stand, to stand. He's called us to fight the good fight of faith. He's called us to fight in the spirit, and that's what we're going to do, right? Because our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, and we stand with righteousness, and he is on our side, and it is not over. It is not over. Look at the Red Sea. Look at the Israelites. They thought that that was it. I mean, they were chasing them down, and then they had the sea in front of them. They thought they were going to perish. But God, but God, how many times in Scripture, over and over and over, how many times at the last minute, but you know what? God is never late. He is never late. And you know what? None of this took him by surprise. And I think he was waiting to expose a lot of things that needed to be exposed that wouldn't have been exposed if it was just an easy ride. So stand up. Let's all stand up together and let's fight because we have authority because Jesus gave us the authority. So let's use it. He expects us to use it. Amen. Father, I present myself to you as one who is willing to make up the hedge and stand in the gap before you on behalf of this election. I come against a spirit of confusion that would want to impact the way the votes are counted. I declare the spirit of confusion bound in Jesus' name, according to the power and authority given to me by God, in Jesus' name, I speak to you, spirit of confusion, and I command you that you silence your tongue and cease your actions. You will not have an impact on this election. I come against every principality power, ruler of darkness, and spiritual wickedness that would present a stronghold against the man God knows should be elected. I speak to you and command you to be cast out now in Jesus' name. Jesus has given to me the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Satan, you and all your devils.
are bound concerning this election. None of your plans for interfering with this election will succeed. I call the Father's will to be accomplished. Jesus has completely and totally defeated you. And all of your principalities, powers and devils. He made an open show of you and triumphed over you for all eternity. He has given to me that same victory. Hallelujah. I call you and everything about you and your devils completely, totally, and thoroughly defeated this election. Satan, you and your devils have lost. The victory of Christ is known in this election. You cannot think straight to carry out your plans. You speak against other devils, and your house is divided. It cannot stand. It has to come to an end. You are thoroughly and utterly defeated. You walk in blindness. Division has filled your camp. Lord, make your words in our mouth fire, and may the plans of the enemy be as wood, consumed and devoured by that fire. Set ambushments against all those who are trying to interfere and alter, that's right, Lord, the outcome of this election. May confusion fill their camps. May they devastate each other. May their plans and agendas collapse at their feet. Just as you revealed to Elisha, the plans of the Syrian army, expose the plans of those that are trying to corrupt this election. Father, as heirs of salvation, we ask that angels be dispatched to assist these things to be done. Angels, go to your assignments as the Father directs. Enforce the victories we have spoken this day and drive back the forces of evil. Father, we offer up prayer in the Spirit and ask that the Holy Spirit pray through us. Your perfect will concerning the outcome you desire for this election. Jesus, the government of your kingdom rests upon you. Likewise, I say that the government of this nation rests on you. May the man the Father wants as our president be elected. May all the votes cast for him be brought to light. Father, this battle is not ours. <clears throat> it is yours. You are with us. Oh, God, we praise you. And we worship you. For your mercy endures forever. We praise you for the beauty of your holiness. We praise you for our salvation. We exalt you and glorify you. 
for the victory in this election. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. Good job, Miss Terry. Hallelujah. You can be showing to James, but until the book of James chapter 1, but until that, I want to reiterate to you now. I want to reiterate. I want to reiterate and bring clarity. We support a platform of righteousness. We know, we understand that the president has said some crazy things. I'll be the first. We understand that. We understand that. And I agree what he said has been wrong. Some of the things he's done have been wrong. But his platform is what this church supports. He defends little babies. He defends Christianity. He defends this country. I know our police departments are not perfect. I know that. I know some bad things have happened. There's no denying that. I know there's racism in this world. But greater is he that's in me than the racist that's in the world. It doesn't matter. The majority of people that cry racism, guess what? They're racist themselves. Think about that. I have African American all in my family. I got a black son and all that I love with all my heart. I got a black son that was raised in the projects. He's mine. Uh, he's, not, he's not adopted. He's my boy. I got a beautiful black niece named uh, the granddaughters. I got nieces. I got African all in my family. I got granddaughters that are Caucasian. They're, they're, they're mutts. They're, they're Heinz 57. They're Puerto Rican. They're native and they're Mexican. They ain't got no, they're lost. Just plain. Now I got everything in my family. I got a Puerto Rican son-in-law that's half Mexican. And these Mexican Mexicans are better boxers than Puerto Ricans. But, um, Amen. But guys, I'm going to say this. I'm going to get on with the lesson. The most disgusting word to me is the N-word. It's, just, it's ugly. I just hate that word. It's nasty. It's disgusting. But to my, my people, to my Mexicanos and my African-American friends, when that word's used, we take an offense. Rightly so. It's disgusting. But we, on the other hand, we can say cracker all we want, and it's not wrong. Like, you know I'm being sarcastic. We can make fun of white people, and it's okay. But they can't talk about us. It's wrong. White people are not the problem. And the white people said, Amen. <laughs> White people are not the problem. There's this thing that's called the devil. <laughs> He's the problem. He's the problem. Let's stop blaming our Caucasian brothers for everything. Let's raise our kids. Let's love our wives. Let's serve Jesus. Let's read our Bibles. And you'll find out quickly that Caucasian people are not the problem. Why are you saying that? I'm Mexican. Mexicano. Now, Miss Candy's my problem a little bit. See? And she acknowledges it. But let's, let's think before we talk. 
Let's think before we talk. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, right-wingers, the Proud Boys, Satan is empowering them. And I got some love for the Mexicans. They ain't nobody worse than the Mexican drug cartels. Nobody's worse than the Mexican drug cartels. 30,000 Mexicans are killed every year in Mexico by Mexicans. Mexicans are killing more priests than anywhere in the world in Mexico. That's bad. People are not our problem. Satan is our problem. Amen. Enough of that. We support a righteous platform. I don't care how much stimulus you can give me. I'm going to support a platform that defends little babies. But I'll take the stimulus. <laughs> but not at the cost of little babies. Amen. Can I have a what, what? All right, all right, Ralph. Amen. Glory. Hey, the symptoms left me. Thank you for your prayers. My lungs are filled. Do you know that when a person is not born again, and a person is born again, do you know that there's a tremendous contrast? Or there better be. If you don't know Jesus and you claim to know Jesus, if there's not a contrast, you don't know Jesus. Or let me break it down to you in Google terms. If there's not a difference in your lifestyle when you say when you weren't born again and now you say that you are born again, if there's no difference in your life or there's no contrast, you're not born again. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. You can't do the things that you used to do before you were born again when you're born again. First John chapter 3 says, He that's born of God sinneth not for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. That seed that is in us is eternal life. You cannot be born again and live in habitual sin. You cannot. You're not born again. I don't believe you. I'm taking up with John. Take it up with him. I'm quoting what he wrote, inspired by the Holy Ghost. So you say, but you know what? But there's forgiveness, though. If we've made mistakes, there's forgiveness. The blood of Jesus. This is how simple forgiveness is. Turn from your sin. Say, Father, forgive me of my sin and don't do it again. That's the simplicity of the gospel. And if you meant it and if Christ lives in you, you won't do it again. And by chance you slip up again. Lord Jesus, forgive me, and he'll forgive you. That's how awesome God is. But do you know that when you're not born again, then you get born again, there's a contrast. There has to be a difference in lifestyle. Because before, you didn't have Christ in you. When you gave your life to Jesus, then Christ came and lived in you. So there's a contrast. There's a difference in your lifestyle. But do you know after the first contrast comes another gradual contrast where there's change in your life, where you start loving more, where you start 
dying more. That comes with time. That comes with this. That comes by doing the essentials. What are the essentials? Praying. Fasting. Adoration from your heart towards our Savior. Reading the Bible. As you do that, you grow more and more in grace. And there's more of a contrast after the initial contrast because you're doing the essentials. I've never seen a man or woman of God work with the mighty for God that didn't do the essentials. What are the essentials? Praying, fasting, reading your Bible, being filled with the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. Those are the essentials. No one grows without that. You can't grow. You're feeding your spirit, you're feeding your soul God's holy word. That's why 46% of the body of Christ supported a liberal platform. They're void of this. Empty of it. Void of understanding. The body of Christ is in trouble. We're so filled with excuse in the body of Christ. We're so filled with ought against our brother. They did this. They did that. It's not fair. I deserve to retaliate. You know what? The last I heard, according to my Bible, I'm not a scholar, but there is no human resource department in the kingdom of God. There is no customer complaint office in the kingdom of God. You just endure it and you forgive. That's the gospel of the kingdom. There's no human resource department. Well, Ralph. My wife did this to me, Ralph. Agree with me in prayer. I want to pray for her. No, you wanted to gossip. There's no human resource department in the kingdom of God. There's no complaint department. We just take it in the mouth. We endure it in love. So we're going to go through the book of James a little bit today. It's something a little new. So bear with me. James chapter 1, verse 1 through 6. We're going to lay a foundation. This is really, James chapter 1 is so significant to me. Because James chapter 1 is from the beginning of being born again to the day you take your last breath on this earth. You've got to grasp James chapter 1. You have to grasp it. I thought we're on the, on the collision course with revival. We are on the collision course with revival. We want to see a manifestation of the kingdom. I want to see it bad for myself and for my friends and for those that need something from God. That's our heart's desire. I want to see my grandkids. I want to see my daughters, my kids. I want to see Big Dave, Big Elijah, Nathaniel, Priscilla, Quentin, all my grand, my baby, Aria. Jalen, Mia, I want to see them all. And I want to see my wife. After 28 years, two things have not changed. My love for God and my love for my big mama. She's still, after 28 years, she's still one hot tamale. It's the way it should be, shouldn't it? She is Chile on my taco de pastor. She is a cilantro on my barbacoa taco. Yeah, amen. Can I get a what, what? 
she is a corn tortilla. Oh, that's enough already. That's enough. She's a corn tortilla, my tripas tacos. My Caucasian friends are saying, what is that? <laughs> Chillins. <laughs> Ooh! That's Miss Candy. Is it right, Miss Candy? Miss Candy and her salad with olives in it. Oh, my God. Amen. Let me get on for less. James chapter 1, verse 1 through 6. James, the Lord's brother, is, a, is, is, this is an awesome epistle. You have to understand that there is no chapter 2, there is no chapter 3, there is no chapter 4, there is no chapter 5 in the book of James. It's one epistle. You've got to understand that. So James lays the foundation. I like what he says. James, a servant of God. We forget that sometimes. That we're bond servants of God. With no rights. We forget that sometimes. Or I do. Maybe you don't. I do sometimes. James chapter 1 verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the 12 tribes which are scattered. They were scattered abroad for a reason. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. To the 12 tribes which were scattered abroad. Greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have a perfect word that may be complete, entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not. But let him ask in faith. Important. Let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith for what? The wisdom to make it out of the diverse temptation. He's laying groundwork. We're going to be persecuted for our faith. There's going to be things in life that challenge our integrity in the gospel. He's saying, if you are in a diverse temptation because of your faith, he said, endure it. Be patient. Let patience have perfect work. They may be complete, entire, lacking nothing. He said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally, and he abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Only let him ask in faith. Now, me as a teacher, I got to show you in God's word what faith is. He said, if you're being tried for your faith, count it all joy. What faith? Your faith as a believer in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. He's given us the perfect answer and remedy how to make it when we're tested and tried by society or by anyone else. He's given us the remedy on how we live when our faith is being tested or talked about. He's given us Clear-cut answers how to make it. There's never an excuse not to make it. The greatest line I've ever heard came from Pastor Dave Robertson and said, a born-again Christian sins because why? They want to. No one can make you sin. We sin because we want to. Listen to what James said. 
Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith. Now, he said, if your faith is tried, listen to what he said. Ask God for wisdom when your faith is being tried. Your faith in God, your faith in, your faith in Christ, when that faith is tried, he said, count it all joy because you can ask God who will give you wisdom liberally and he won't abrade it, only ask in faith. He said, when your faith is being, when you're being persecuted for your faith or you go through something for your faith, he said, the answer to go through it is to ask in faith. Okay, my faith is being tried. I'm going through diverse temptation and the faith that is being tried, you're telling me, to get wisdom out of this trial to ask God in faith. My faith is being tried. But you're telling me to ask God for wisdom in faith. Think about that. Now, don't that seem a little tricky? Your faith is being tried. You're going through a diverse temptation. He said, when your faith is being tried, ask in faith when your faith is being tried. They did that. Okay, okay, Lord, you're asking me to stand in faith when my faith is being tried. So the answer has to be in there what it means to ask God in faith for wisdom during that diverse temptation. The answer is there and it's clear cut and it's there in black and white. Not only is it there, but it's in here. It's in here. When your faith is tried, you should ask God for wisdom. You want exaltation out of that trial or temptation. But only ask God for wisdom in faith when your faith is being tried. So what are you saying? When my faith is tried as a born again believer. The faith that I abide in is the faith that's being tried. True faith in God is that the Savior comes and make his abode in me. Romans chapter 6 says that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Newness of life. John 8 says, He that follows shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. 1 Peter chapter 2 calls it, or chapter 3 calls it, the incorruptible seed. 1 John calls it, eternal life. Romans 8, 1 calls it the law of the spirit of life. What do all five of them have in common? Help me. School board, we're, we're, we're teaching right now. Give me some feedback. What, do, what does eternal life, incorruptible seed, the law of the spirit of life, the light of life, what do all them in divine nature, 2 Peter chapter 1, what do they all have in common? What's that? Same thing. They're all the same Thing, just different terminology. Same exact thing. So when my faith in God is being tempted, it's through the faith that's in me that I endure my faith that's being tried. In other words, I live out of who I am in Christ. If I want exaltation, if I want out of that temptation, I ask him for wisdom, but I got to ask him living out of who he is inside of me. Are you with me so far? Have I laid it plain to you?
So if you're going through something for your faith now, not for sin. If you're sinning, you're disannulled from this chapter 1 through 6. That, that, that does not pertain to you. You just better repent and stop. But when your faith is genuinely being tried by someone for your faith, if you want out of that trial, ask God for wisdom in faith. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 25. Did I lay that foundation simple enough? Did you, did, did you grasp it? Okay. James chapter 1, verse 19 to 25. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Right? What is the righteousness of God? His word in us. Wherefore, let him be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. You with me? Quick to listen to what? To the righteousness of God that lives inside of us. Be quick to listen to that. Slow to respond and slow to wrath. Most of us are quick to respond and slow to listen. And if you're quick to respond and slow to listen, you're going to be double-minded, receiving nothing of the Lord. But if you're quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, you will hear the righteousness of God, and more than likely, you will apply it. Are you with me? Remember, we're being tried for our faith in God. James says when you're tried for your faith in God, it's through faith that you'll make your trial because of your faith. In other words, live out of who God is inside of you. That's simplicity. 19, chapter 1. Wherefore lay aside, oh, no, let every man be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the rights. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. You with me? What's the next verse again after that, Kirsten? My mind went blank. Wait, yeah. What was it again? I, I yeah, for he, what is, God Almighty, I got it all memorized, I forgot it. What is it again now? For any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, right? He goeth and immediately forgives what manner of man he was, but, 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 he that looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, this man shall be blessed. He's going to hear. No. What was it again? My mind just went blank for some reason. Read that last verse again. Kirsten, I think it's 25. Yeah, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue, this man being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. I said, I quoted 1 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, I said, divine nature. I quoted John chapter 8, the light of life. I quoted John, uh, Romans chapter 6, newness of life. I quoted Romans 8, 1, the law of the spirit of life. I quoted 1 John, eternal life. Now I'm quoting James 1, law of liberty. What do all six of them have in common? Come on. The same Exact thing. 
James called it the law of liberty. The Greek says it's the law of freedom. John called it eternal life. Paul called it newness of life. Then he called it the spirit of life. Jesus called it the light of life. First Peter called it incorruptible seed. Like, like my friend Kirsten says, just different terminal, different semantics, the same exact meaning. But he who looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth this man, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. He's saying when you go through a diverse temptation, and it's because of the gospel's sake, he said you can rejoice in that. Because if you ask God for wisdom in faith, obeying the law of liberty or obeying Christ, the law of liberty is nothing more than Christ in you. When we obey Christ in us, the Bible says, ye do well. James 1.12 said, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. My friend, that is identity. That is knowing who you are in God. When you know to do good and you do it, that, my friend, is identity. Identity isn't repeating the words of a man that preaches identity. Identity is living out of who you are in God. That's when you know your identity. Everybody and their mama now, there's two men that preach identity to a T. Good, solid doctrine. Solid. I like their teachings. I haven't heard their teachings in months, but it's solid. Now, what they say, people think what they say makes them think that they found their identity. Oh, I found my identity. I found it. Have you really? Do you live out of who God is inside of you? Well, well you haven't found your identity. He said, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. James chapter 1, verse 2. He that endures temptation, he's the one that loves God. That's when you know you found your identity. When you're being persecuted for your faith, when your flesh is trying to beat you up to doing the wrong thing. You know you found your identity when you look into that law of liberty, when you look at Christ in me, the hope of glory, and you know what's right, and you do what's right, you're going to be blessed in your deed. That, my friend, is exaltation out of your temptation. When you look into that law of liberty... When you look at Christ in you and you obey that godly conscience. That's what's wrong with the body of Christ. We're so sidetracked now. We don't read this. We don't pray and we're consumed now with mammon. We're consumed now with overtime. We're consumed with our kids. We're consumed with better this, with retirement here. Now, all that's good if it's birth out of his bosom. If it's not birth out of his bosom, you're serving mammon. I've never heard so much about this and that from young people now. I can't believe what I'm hearing. Some people, they don't even sound the same anymore. But what they say and what they repeat. A man stood here in this church four or five years ago. In adultery, in adultery, with a girlfriend, came up to me. I'm going to be a millionaire by a certain time in my life. In church, hands raised, in adultery. Didn't care that he was committing infidelity. But he came to me, 
put his hand on my shoulder and said, I'm going to be a millionaire. My friends, he started chasing mammon. Be careful if money is your objective. Because the love of money is the root of all evil. If that comes before your prayer time, if overtime comes before your relationship with God, if work comes before your relationship with God, you are slowly, slowly, slowly but surely your servant mammon. Be real, real, real careful. We used to talk about prayer. We used to talk about God's word. It ceased now. It ceased. It's about bigger cars, vacations. It's not about following Christ. There's nothing wrong with vacations. I'm taking one the third week of February. But this life that we live in God is lived internally out of that law of liberty. When we're in trouble, we should be in trouble because we're doing good. If our faith is tried, it should be tried because we're standing firm in conviction. And when our faith is tried, it's the conviction that got me in trouble. The same conviction that's going to see me through that diverse temptation. We can never forsake faith. We can never forsake righteousness, regardless of the cost. We've lost focus. We say amen real loud in church to revival, but when we're chasing mammon. Amen! I've learned that the loudest amen sometimes are the people that are walking in deception. I've learned that many a times. So nobody's going to say nothing today. Amen! Amen! Or what, what? Our passion should be habitual, man. If your prayer time is not habitual, be real careful. Things are going to get rough, man. If you're truly walking with God, your faith is going to be tried in days to come. They're trying to silence Christ in us. But they can't. They might try to. They can't take him out of me. Quit putting your trust in mammon. Home of my life changed. I got kids now. My wife raised six kids in this church. Six. Six kids. Well, it's cold outside. My wife raised six kids in this church. Six kids. So them is gay. You'll do what you want to do the most. The problem is we do not live according to who Christ is inside of us. We do not abide in that perfect law of liberty. We do not abide in the freedom that's in our Father. Yes, I want revival so bad, man. So bad. I got friends that are tormented and sick. I got an uncle that almost died last week of COVID. Real sick. My dad just died recently. I want it for you more than I do for myself. One thing that I want more than anything in the world is to love like my, I want to love like my Savior more than I want these open. I want these open so bad, man. But I want to know if I go home tomorrow that I gave all that I had to the love of God. 
I want to know that I loved every single body the same with no partiality. I've got to know that I live my life out of that perfect law of liberty. I want to get in trouble for this sake right here. I don't want to get in trouble for anything else. I want to get in trouble for standing up for righteousness sake. Let me get in trouble for that. Don't let me get in trouble for being a drunk, for smoking dope, for cheating on my wife. Let me get in trouble for the gospel's sake. Let that diverse temptation come to me because of my faith. Because if my faith is tried, I'll stand in faith and be exalted out of that diverse temptation. Because I kept the perfect law of liberty. In other words, I obeyed Christ in me, the hope of glory. That is Christianity. That is identity. Well, I found my identity in God now. After all these years, I found my identity in God. I talked to Barry Johnson about that the other day. Your identity is found in God when you get born again, man. The Savior found you and gave you his life and his standing. You became a son. That's your identity. Live out of it. Someone said, I find my identity in God five years later. Between the day you got born again and the day you found your identity five years later, where were you at? In rebellion? Disannulling the word of God? I do not understand that statement. Yes, pastors will be held to a standard with what they said and what they didn't say. But you're going to be held and judged in the same manner by what you read and didn't read. You got a Bible. You got a godly conscience. The law of liberty lives inside of you. You know what's right. And you know what's wrong. Let's get in trouble for living a righteous life. Let's get in trouble for standing up for righteousness sake. Let's not hide. Let's live a lifestyle of faith where we're not moved by anything in the world. Even if we're mocked, we have to stand firm in that precious, perfect law of liberty. He said, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is the word that springs forth out of that law of liberty, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm going to say something, and I don't mean to embarrass anybody, but there's a spiritual point behind this. And I hope that person does not get mad at me, because I'm not deliberately talking about them, but it's a good analogy. And please forgive me, ma'am. I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm just speaking a truth. A truth. And it's sort of a compliment to who you are, ma'am. I've seen a change in our millennials. Well, all you hear now is money. Money, 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 money. It makes me feel very uncomfortable when you hear money, 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 money. You're trying to reach a point with money that a very rich person in this building has reached many years ago and she never misses church what you're trying to strive for is money that this person has and they're at every prayer meeting at every single church service and those talking about money miss more than they ever have something's wrong there needs to be a recalibration of what we're hungry for a complete recalibration I want money. 
This person is an awesome person of God. They have more money than we will ever have in our life, but they're still so hungry for God. At every prayer meeting, every Sunday night service, where is it at? The compassion, the hunger for our Father. I'm speaking to myself too. Where is it at? Listen, I had a real good job seven years ago making a solid six digits a year, bonus, everything, but I've never been happier than I've been now in my life. Never been happier. And there is no six digits anymore. There's Social Security. But I lack nothing. I lack nothing. Either it's quiet because you're fixing to stone me, or either it's hidden a spot in your heart. He said, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm this age, in adultery, cheating on his wife, patting me on the shoulder, said, I'm going to be a millionaire one day. Oh, yeah. You went through three or four marriages already. You're doing good job, buddy. Good job. Be careful what you're chasing. Let your faith be tried because you're a man or a woman of integrity. And if your faith is being tried, you can rejoice because you're born of God. And if you abide in who God is inside of you, you have the right to ask God for wisdom to exalt you out of that diverse temptation because you're abiding in the perfect law of liberty. You're abiding Christ in me, the hope of glory. If you are searching for financial success now and you're going astray, when you find financial success, you're going to go astray unless you get back to the bosom of Christ. There's nothing wrong with searching for financial success if it's birthed out of the bosom of Christ. There's a big difference. Big difference. The church in general has to recalibrate, reset ourselves. Will we return to our first love? Or will we sell out to infidelity? Will we sell out to alcohol? Will we sell out to drugs, a life of partying? We won't come to church because of COVID, but we're everywhere else with the same COVID. We show the world who Christ is, or will we show the world who Christ is not? Well, thank God one day that we served under Pastor Bronk. No, we thank God now. I do. But I like him even more now because he's going to preach on fasting all year long. Huh? Oh, you Can I get a no no? 
Listen, I've been, before I got went blind, I had a real good job. I got a good promotion at work. I could have made up the quarter million dollars a year. Company, car, everything. I lost it two weeks later. I cried the first week. Oh, God Almighty. But every mortgage has been paid. Every payment has been paid. On time. How? Mm -hmm. But I do know this, Kirsten. If my faith is going to be tried, let it be tried I'm a band of integrity. If my faith is tried, it's in the faith that I'm being tried for that I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to look into the word of God inside of me, into that perfect law of liberty. I'm going to hear the perfect law of liberty. I'm going to apply the perfect law of liberty and I'm going to do good. The work that I worked is I did what I heard and it was commendable before my God, even if it hurt. Remember, there's no chapter 2 in the book of James. There's no chapter 3 in the book of James. 4 or 5. 1 goes right into 2. So he told me to ask in faith. For wisdom to make it out of that diverse temptation. So now I got to show you what that faith is. James 1 and 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Which the Lord has promised to them that love who? That love him. So if a person endures temptation and they endure it and they make it, why did they make it? Why did they endure it? For what reason? Because they loved him. So if a person does not endure temptation, why don't they endure it? Because they what? They don't love him. Him. James chapter 2. Has, not got, has God not chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom to those that love him? Again, the word him. Has God not chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he found to them that love him? But you have despised the poor. You've despised the poor. So is it possible that I could be rich in faith without loving God? According to James, it is impossible. Has not God chosen the poor? We're the poor of this world. Has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith? But you have despised the poor. Faith worketh by what according to Galatians 5? Faith worketh by what? Love. So if I don't love God and obey the perfect law of liberty, will I ever have faith for an outpouring of the Almighty God? Never will I have that kind of faith. I can amen it in church. I can say hallelujah and amen. But it is rhetoric. It is a narrative. If there is no obedience to that perfect law of liberty. A complete surrender to the cross. Jesus said, if any man come after me, then deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me daily. The misconception is that you deny yourself 
take up your cross daily and follow him. That is not true. To follow him, the prerequisite is to disown yourself, to take up your cross daily. That qualifies you to follow him. You don't deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and then decide to follow him. That is false doctrine. It is one thought. At the rebirth, I give my life to Christ. I receive his standing. I'm told to deny the flesh, and I'm qualified to follow Jesus and to be a fisher of men. You don't disown yourself, take up your cross daily, and then decide to follow him. That's not, that's not proper doctrine. That is not because if you're denying yourself, you're denying your own ways. If you're taking your cross daily, you're denying your flesh. That is the only qualification, being born again, living out of your spirit, that you need to follow God. Because you're already denying the problem. You're denying yourself. And that qualifies you to follow him. You don't do this and then decide to follow him. No, that's not right. Not even remotely close. You've got to read the other gospels to figure that out. So what is the faith that I am to stand in where my faith is being tried? What faith must I ask in to receive the wisdom of God to make it out of that diverse temptation? What is the faith that I must stand in? What is the lifestyle that I must stand in for my faith in Christ is being tried? How must I ask him for that exaltation? What must my lifestyle be? The answer is in James chapter 2. Remember, it's one small epistle. It's one letter. He's saying in diverse temptation for your faith, you can rejoice. Why? Because if you abide in the perfect law of liberty, if you abide in who Christ is in you, you hear him, you obey him, you worked out your salvation, you obeyed him. That in itself is proper and good to him. That is identity in God. So what is the faith that he wants me to have that I may ask him for an exaltation out of that diverse temptation my faith is being tried. I think it's James 2, 25 or 22, one of them two that says, works, it's by works that faith is perfected. It's by works that faith is perfected. Man, say, Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith. If you think that just believing that there's a God is sufficient, you are in error. Because Satan knows there's a God. It's doing the will of the God that you say exists that's true biblical faith. Well, I believe in God, but I'm going to do my own thing. Okay, you got the equivalent faith of a devil. Because you believe there is a God. No, 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 no. Faith is obeying the word of the God that you think exists. Believing in God is not sufficient. It'll, you can believe in God and still go to hell. But you won't go to hell if the God that you say exists when you do his will. So the work that perfects faith 
It's one thing and one thing alone. It's obedience. You got to go back to chapter 1, verse 25. But he who looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth, this man be not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So the work that perfects, I know I'm skipping a lot, but it's too much to cover. The work that perfects faith in me is that I obey Christ in me. That's the only work that perfects faith or that completes faith in me. If you know, no matter how much it hurts, man. That's why it's called a work. It's a labor sometimes to obey God. Amen? Can I get a what, what? It is a work sometimes to obey the inner man. Because we got emotions. But the writer said the work that completes faith is back in James chapter 1. If you abide in Christ in you, if you abide in that perfect law of liberty, if you abide in the divine nature, 2 Peter chapter 1, if you abide in unity of life, Romans 6, if you abide in eternal life, 1 John, if you abide in the law of the spirit of life, Romans 8, 1, if you abide in the new nature, if you abide in this, that is the work that perfects Faith. And if that's the, that's the lifestyle that you're living, there's nothing you can be tried for that the Almighty God will not come and exalt you out of it. If you work the work that perfects faith. The work that we work to perfect faith is no matter what we face. We abide in Christ in us, the hope of glory. Even if it hurts. That is the work that perfects faith faith. We disannul the leftover residue in our life and we yield to his lordship. No matter how much it hurts. No matter how pretty that beer can looks or how fat that joint looks or how big her hips look. It don't matter. No matter how much that guy's six pack looks. It doesn't matter. We say no. We've been ransomed by his blood. We are born of God. We're called out of darkness into a marvelous light. We say no to mammon and yes to the essentials. Well, Brother Homer, I don't believe what you say about beer. I can drink three beers and not get a buzz. You are in a dangerous place. If you can drink three beers and not get buzz, something's wrong with you. There's either not a conscience there or you're drunk. I can drink three beers. I don't see nothing wrong with it. I don't even feel a buzz. You're lying. You got proof? Yes, it's called a godly conscience. Can you give me a verse, Homer? Yeah, it's called a godly conscience. That's what it's called. Well, I can drink three beers and it don't faze me. Ooh, buddy. Something's wrong or something's good. Will you go to hell for drinking a beer? Nah, man. You can go to hell for drinking a beer. Why entertain it, though? Why? For what reason? Your testimony has to be worth more than one beer in general public. Has to be. You can't preach Jesus 
with the mouth smelling like Miller Lite. At least I can't. <laughs> so the work that completes faith, that perfects it, when a man or woman looks into what's right inside of them. They hear it and they do it. And they're blessed in his sight. Not only doing, but we better control our tongue. Winding down. For real, Corey, if you're still here. Now, it's my first one, Corey, quit lying. Winding it down. Am I getting across to you what true biblical faith is? True biblical faith is to abide in that inner man. Ephesians 4, that's we're born of holiness and true righteousness. Yielding to that. That's true biblical faith. Along with doing the essentials. Fasting, praying, reading the Bible. Walking in obedience. But James said this winding down. He used the same terminology again in James chapter 2. So speak ye. What verse is that? Christian 22. In James 2, speak ye and so do. James 2.22. James said this. So speak ye. Speak ye. And so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. What you're asked to keep, it's what's going to judge you in that day. So speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Listen to this. For he shall have judgment who has shown no mercy. Listen to this now. So speak ye. And so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment who has shown no mercy. And mercy rejoices against judgment. The very thing that we're asked to live by is the very thing that's going to judge us on that day. Did we abide in royal law? If you abide in royal law, you abode in the law of liberty. If I obeyed the law of liberty, then I walked in royal law because I fulfilled the scripture. James says, so speak ye, Homer, Ralph, Kirsten, Carl, whoever else is here. So speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. If not, if not. Speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. If you don't speak and so do according to Christ in you, you will have judgment without mercy because you've shown no mercy. How do I know when I'm merciful? How do I know when I'm compassionate? How do I know when I'm walking in love? When I abide in the perfect law of liberty. If I don't abide in the perfect law of liberty, I'm not executing compassion. I'm not executing righteousness. I'm not executing the agape of God, but I'm disannulling it. And if I disannul it in my life without repentance, 
He said, you're showing no mercy to people and you'll be judged by the very thing that you did show. Be real careful what you say about people. Be real careful when you go home and you talk about what I said today. Be real careful. Some of you are not going to agree. But I'm going to smile and say this. <laughs> say it for me, Kirsten. But I don't care. The church has lost its hunger. Amen and revival is not enough. Being consumed in intimacy and in the essentials is our righteousness. Obedience before sacrifice. Let's get in trouble for doing good. Let's live according to Christ in us. Because you're going to be judged according to Christ in you. And if you live your life outside of that, you're going to face judgment because you've shown no mercy. Well, Homer, when didn't I show mercy? When you disannulled Christ in you, man. When you treated people like garbage, you will be judged for that. Why? Because you acted no different than a person that's not born again. If you lived according to the law of liberty, you lived according to Christ. When you disannulled the law of liberty, you exited mercy. You exited the compassion and the love of God. Why? Because of a feeling, because of a narrative. You forsook righteousness to get your point across. Be careful. You shall have judgment who has shown no mercy. And mercy rejoices against judgment. But when I abide in that perfect law of liberty, I work the work that perfects faith. And when I abide in the law of liberty, I abide in royal law. When I abide in royal law, I abide in the law of liberty. When I abide in the law of liberty, I abide in Christ. When I abide in Christ, there's nothing that I can ask him for that he will not deliver me out of. Why? Because I ask in faith with my faith was tried. Because the spirit of glory and of God, he resteth upon me. That's why judgment will begin in the house of God first. Because we have the goods. We can't disannul the goods in us. The world doesn't have the goods. Therefore, we will be judged first. We're the ones that put a liberal murderous platform in office. We did. We did. The body of Christ. I understand the man's not perfect. I understand what he says is wrong. But you better understand the platform. Or you're a novice as far as the word of God. We better learn to abide in that law of liberty. We better kick culture to the curb, man. I got 11 grandkids and 11 kids. 
don't know how many kids I have. No, I got six kids and 11 grandkids. And I got a Renee. <laughs> he won't leave, Kirsten. I don't think he's here today, but he won't leave. He only has, he's the only guy I know that has four birthdays a year. <laughs> and he'll tell you about them every quarter. So winding down, Corey, for real. No, I'm done because I'm tired. We have to return to our first love, man. You can, amen, revival. You can amen prayer. You can amen fasting and the essentials. But until it's your life, you're living in a false pretense. Be careful what we say. James. Mm, chapter 4. And I'm done. I'm closing my Bible. See, you don't believe me? So draw an eye to God. And he will draw an eye to you. Listen. Speak not evil of one another, brethren. For he that speaketh evil of his brother judges his brother. And if you judge your brother, you judge the law. There is but one lawgiver that is able to save and to destroy. Who are thou that judgest another? What the Bible, James said, he that judges become a judge. A judge has the power to save and to destroy. Listen, to save or to destroy. So when you start judging someone, in essence, according to black and white, you're either what? You want to save him or you want to destroy him. And if you're judging him, buddy, you're not saving him. But you want stripes laid on his back for the wrong that you think they did to you. Forgetting the abundant mercy that begat you. We better be real careful what we say from here on out. Extremely careful. Because if you judge, you're just like an old covenant Jew that's under Mosaic law that wants retribution for someone that treated you bad. You better be real careful. Real careful. We have to live out of that place. John 8, the light of life. Romans 6, newness of life. Romans 8, 1 and 2, the law of the spirit of life. 2 Peter chapter 1, the divine nature. 1 Peter chapter 2, incorruptible seed. James chapter 1, the law of liberty. 1 John, eternal life. Six different terminologies, same exact thing, Christ in you. The hope of glory. That is what we live by, even if it hurts. That's why it's called a work. You hear it, 
And your flesh doesn't want to agree with you. But your flesh is not your daddy. You're preaching legalism, Homer. No, I'm just preaching his bosom. I'm sure Pastor Brock wants all of you to get fat and sassy for the kingdom's sake. But don't let it be at the expense of him. Return to your first love, man. Return to your first love. Return to your first love. If you got a wife that's not born again, you're not going to win her over by acting like her. If you got a husband that's not born again, you'll never win him over by doing things with him that Christians don't do. You'll never win him over. If you got a boss that's not saved, you're not going to get him saved by contention. You're going to win him over by abiding in that law of liberty. By abiding who Christ is inside of us. Because remember, if you don't abide in that law of liberty, you shall have judgment. To him who has shown no mercy. And mercy rejoices against judgment. How do I know when I judge? When I didn't live out of who he was in me. I disannulled perfection. I disannulled faith. To sputter out a narrative. To sputter out a plan. And an emotion. And a thought. Because I did not want to obey the lordship of my savior. That. Is the faith that we walk in when we're in trouble for being Christians. Don't be in trouble being a Christian for being an evildoer, a busybody, a thief, or a murderer. Get in trouble for being faithful to the sayings of Jesus Christ. This book is not a book of suggestions. It is a book of commandments. There is a difference. It's not a suggestion, my friends. It's a book of commandments that we have the capacity to walk in every single epistle because we're born of that law of liberty, that law of freedom, Christ in us, the absolute hope of glory. That is the faith that perfect. That is the work that perfects faith inside of us. Watch what you say. Be real careful. Either I'm extremely born today or it's pricking some hearts. Or both. <sighs> Amen. I fought through the attack. Can I get a what, what? James chapter 1 verse 25, I'm done. No, no, one verse. One verse. That's my buddy, Corey. That's my homeboy. Law of liberty. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're never alone, man. The apostles took it to the end. 
we can take it to the end. Let's continue to pray and confess. I'm going to confess every day to the 20th. We're supporting a righteous platform. Amen. Ralph, are the buckets up, buddy? They will be. Is Rex still here? Rex here? Rex, will you come up and do something over the offering real quick, buddy? I need to sit down a little bit. Just real quick, and then we'll be dismissed. No pressure. Love all of you guys. God bless. Pastor, we'll be back Wednesday. Amen. Rex. Hallelujah. Good word, huh? Prick some hearts. <laughs> Thank you, Homer. And now, Lord, we just uh, bless this offering, Lord. Uh, everything that uh, we've seen, Lord, everything that we know, Father God, we, we give to this ministry because of the abundance that we, are, we, we get. We don't give in tithing, Lord. We give in offering, and we give what you say to give, Father. So we thank you for that. And we, and we readjust. We just make some, make some adjustments, like Homer was saying. We are making, I'm making some adjustments in my heart from what I heard. And those are good things. I mean, it's so good to hear God, to know, to make the adjustments. So, Father, we thank you that we got ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord. We, we hear you, and we, we make the adjustments. And, Father, we ask you to bless everyone as they leave today and bless this offering in the name of Jesus. Amen.